Welcome to Sister Conversations with Ayana Blake, a healthy and safe space for women to collect inspirational tools, tips, and stories to become their best selves. Expect unfiltered truths and empowering strategies, along with compelling interviews and group discussions to become a more effective woman. Thank you for spending time with us today. Now, let's jump into our daily dose of practical sister conversations. Hi everyone, I am Ayana Blake, and this is Sister Conversations. Ladies, today I am super excited to welcome back the Sister Squad. So ladies, in this episode, we talk openly and honestly about issues that matter from sex to mental health, suicide rates in the Black community. Uh, We talk about it all. So without further ado, grab your wine or your cup of coffee and pull up a chair. Let's welcome Michelle Colbert, Crystal Macklin, Mimi Robinson, Jules Jesse, and Tori Hawkins Plummer. Ladies, welcome. So uh, Americans are less likely to have sex, partner up, get married more than ever right now. What's up, America? Who wants to deal with that? I've waited 15 years to get married. I feel like I'm probably the one. Why did you wait, Mimi? Um, Because at first I didn't want to be married. I got married at 18 to someone I had been with since I was 15. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to be your girlfriend. I'm going to be your nun. I like kicking it with you. You cool and all, but that's it. And then two minutes, two months later, I found out I was pregnant. So I was like, so now you're my boyfriend. But then I still wasn't in a hurry. <laughs> oh, you my boyfriend. That's your romantic love story. <laughs> yes. So why do you all think that folks are not having sex? So, I mean, what's the, is it pandemic? I would think it would be more during the pandemic. I'm yeah, confused. I'm surprised about I'm really the sex part, not the marriage. You don't know, like part. your spouse or partner. You know, a lot of times people, you got to think about it. We're staying home much more time than what we had before. So if you were used to traveling or if your job, you know, two hours driving to work, driving home, that's like 10 hours away from your partner. I think you kind of miss them more versus then having to see them constantly. You know, that first, like, 2020 March, it was like nothing was open. And you mm-hmm. just had to stay there all day long with whoever you lived with. And so maybe irritation, you know, space. I don't know. I mean. I got this article from CNN. And but this C- article says that this is, this, ha- this has been going on even pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yes, adults right. said they didn't have sex once in the past year. This was 2016. It just says Americans age 18 and up. That's just weird, though, pre-pandemic. I can see, right. like, during the pandemic, like, all right, I'm over you kind of thing. But I don't know. Because I know there's some, a lot of people have popped up pregnant during the last two years because they mm-hmm. don't have a lot of sex, you know, right. um, because there's nothing else to do right well, now. This, this article says 26%, that's low, 26% of Americans ages 18 and up didn't have sex once over the past 12 months. This is according to the 2021 General Social Survey. Well, the, the dating scene apparently is mm. absolute trash. So further in the article, it does specify that among married couples, 
under the age of 60, 26% had sex once a month or less in 2021. In 1989, it was 12%. No wonder traffic is a mess. What do you guys think is a normal (laughs) amount of sex? Like, what is a healthy sex life? Like, how many days a week? Okay, so the article said once a month. Is healthy? Is that that enough? Like, do you guys think that's enough? I don't think that is, but if the bare minimum is once a month. What do you do with the other days? Just look at each other? (laughs) I mean, like, I just don't, like. But Jules is asking, what is a healthy sex life? When I was mm, married, I, think, I would ooh, think I a couple know. times a week. It depends on your sex drive. And, and I don't think it also depends on depends on your age. Okay, yeah. so when I was married the first time, I had no kids. I had no responsibilities. I was swinging the age of 15 and 22. It was a <laughs> lot of going on. Um, then I had a child at 25, and I just don't have several times a day to be given up to have sex. Like, that's just not realistic. A day? And then I added in another child and a job and household responsibilities. But I feel like the minimum should probably be a couple times a week. But it depends on age difference between partners. Yeah. That makes a difference. Um, yeah. Medications and sicknesses and illnesses make a difference as well. Yeah. Drives. I mean, age. Just a whole lot Works of different schedules like do you guys have the same my husband and I we both have nine to fives but if you got a nine to five and he got a five to nine then Mm. y'all hardly even home together so I guess there are a lot of variables but in a world that seems so overly sexual I am surprised by this me too I am very everybody is fronting and I want to know why right and work has a lot to do with that is sometimes you're just exhausted You know, but I think that one thing I remember being in therapy when I was doing marriage counseling, the therapist said that you have to make time. Like, even if you can be tired, that doesn't stop you from being a mother, right? So you should not let being tired or being overwhelmed stop you from being a wife and pleasing your mate. And I was like, oh. Well, what about, well, I, I don't, I don't like the, the patriarchal uh, slant of that statement because no, no. what okay, about, so him? Right. no, 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 it's both, no, I, okay. I I'm just, I was, that I just, know, he's ready. The lawyer is ready to me because I brought it up, but then she okay. also said, we, it's not a, a me thing, we. Yes, we yes, need to yes. do that for each other. Sorry, Mimi. Yes, but I think that again, when she connected it to you get tired as a mother, but you can't stop mothering, right? So you shouldn't mm-hmm. stop wifing, basically. And I never thought about it that way. Well, so the question is, what are people doing? And maybe that's why. I don't know. Also, that's a good question, uh, Crystal. Because if it's just sex, traditional sex in a course, or are you doing other things like? But I think another thing that we got to think about in terms of the study is, are are we talking about sex, like in terms of penetration, or are we just talking about intimacy? And it's so important as we grow in a relationship, whether it be a heterosexual relationship or a homosexual relationship or somewhere along that spectrum, that sex can 
sex is mostly what we're talking about is intimacy. And I think it's so important and it's extremely vital for a relationship to thrive should you continue to have that intimacy, um, which does include sex, right? Which includes pleasing your mate, whether that's oral or even just, you know, um, you know, the way that you text throughout the day, flirting with your partner, you know, still putting it on for your partner, being sexy, romanticizing your partner, fulfilling their fantasies. Um, And I think it's just important to be creative especially when you've been in a relationship for a long time, or there might be barriers, right? You might be in a long distance relationship and you have to think about ways to reimagine how you guys can be intimate. And so for me personally, I've had to, you know, figure out and reimagine because I can't be with my partner physically. How can we establish a set level of intimacy? And so we come up with different ways that is, you know, sexy and intimate, whether that means, you know, I'm just going to put on something nice, but, you know, or, you know, dance or, you know, set candles, set the mood, you know, anything to kind of make your partner feel wanted, desired, um, and that you are like connecting with them, I think is, you know, we can all count that under this umbrella of sex. And, and I'll say as, as one of the more um, mature women on the call, that sometimes <laughs> that can be uh, closing the cabinet doors or uh, sweeping the kitchen floor, or you know, come to the steps of a clean kitchen, and that's one of the sexiest things I've seen all week. So, you this in many, many different forms. So, you know, I you, think what you're saying, you that's like there. an act of service, right? Mm-hmm. Michelle, like the act of service is like, wow, like, you know, my partner went above and beyond to like take, so, take something off my plate. Like, damn, this, you know, this kitchen is clean. The house is clean. <laughs> and now it's just one less thing for you to think about. So the, the love languages are important and you like, I love acts of service, you know, but I think our love language will, you know, it'll change depending on what we're able to do. Like Crystal said, Mm -hmm. if different medications, age gaps, whatever you're kind of dealing with in your your personal relationship, you'll have to redefine and reimagine what that looks like. Jules, that's immediately what I thought about was when you said, you know, with you not being able to be with your partner, that times like that make it really important to know one another's love language, because if you could really tap into that and kind of, you know, create some intimacy in that way. I think that still counts. Oh, it definitely does. I mean, I still feel like I have sex with my partner, you know, but it's just different. It doesn't look the same. It obviously doesn't feel the same, no pun intended, Um, but it's just different. And so I think what we're talking about is just establishing intimacy across the Mm -hmm. board. And that's extremely important. And sometimes that's really mental, right? Like, I mean, I would even encourage you guys like have phone sex with your husband, have phone sex. I'm about to call my husband, tell him to write me a letter. I write like, you a letter. I like cards. Like, take write me a letter and mail it to the house. I'll probably yes, keep it spicy. Send you an email. Spicy. <laughs> I think um, shout out to Gary Chapman who wrote mm-hmm. uh, Five Love Languages. That was definitely one of the books that Billy and I read early in our marriage, and we still pull from from time to time because as we grow as women as our likes change, as we change, those love languages change. And so it's very important that the communication is on the one so that you know exactly how to please your mate, because you very well might be bringing flowers home every day and they hate flowers. Yep. Mimi hates flowers. <laughs> you do. Oh my God. I, 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 love I, I, no, I hate it. 
Me too. I like have fresh flowers every week. Oh, oh. no. Okay, and I don't so, even know why. Yeah. Okay, Christina. I love, I like, but I can't go to the grocery anything. store and buy a $5 bouquet. Cut the I have a question. What's everyone's love language? What are the five? Remind us of the five, Ayana. Touch. Physical touch. Acts of service. Yes. Uh, gifts. Words, words of affirmation. affirmation. And quality time quality, quality, quality time, time. Yeah, oh how can i forget that's like that my number one quality time and acts of service. yeah words of affirmation quality time giving gifts acts of service physical touch Ayana's... giving gifts is my love language and it's no it's not receiving gifts is it giving no, gifts, receiving thinks, gifts yeah and he thinks and i think it's interchangeable gifts is my love language and it's not have you told him what you're what your love language is every time and he still does it and it's he all buys your stuff or doesn't buys things oh that's his yeah. love language that's his yes love. sometimes i think we do do that in relationships we kind of do to the our partner what we want our partner to do to us and unintentionally sometimes so his is more touch but he thinks mine is gifts and it's not. It's really you think his could be gifts and words of affirmation. Hmm. No, what, he gives gifts. So what is everyone's love language? Mine right now is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Same here. And well, and acts of service. Can you Can have I more have than one? Yeah, sure. Have more than one. Oh, okay. We're supposed to have words two. Of affirmation, it's supposed to be how you like service. to receive love and how you like to give love. Oh, so you're supposed to have two. I'm so the way I like to receive person. love is words of affirmation. The way that I like to give love is acts of service. Mm-hmm. So when I give my time and I do something like that's how I feel like I really can show up and give love. But yep. then in return, I like words of affirmation to be affirmed, to be, you know, appreciated for someone to tell me in words how they feel. Yes, mm. I agree with Jules. Acts of service, yes. And words of affirmation then. Are better suited. I like that they want to put me in a box and make me pick only two. But I think all of them, honestly, at some point, we want somebody to affirm us. We want people, you know, to spend time. We're not spending time with each other. That too. Yeah. You know, like so when we did therapy, she just had us put them in order from most Mm -hmm. important to least important. Which, in my case, that's helpful because. I like this, but I don't want to not get this because the number one like is that. still at the top. So like, she had I us put in order. Yeah, you yes. want me to spend time with you? <laughs> yeah, I want you to do well. I, I, I like probably that. want all five, but let's. Uh, I crawl before I walk. Well, I am horrible at gifts. Period. I love gifts. Really? I, I love the lady gifts. that doesn't yeah, like them all. I could not care less well, about gifts person i don't like them all i don't like them i don't like to shop so With yeah all stuff wow. in the back i don't understand that, that is husband that. and my mom that's you don't like not amazon? me getting into amazon what do you do i feel guilty spending money on myself what? Really? Oh, okay i've Ayana, always been that no way no i let promise let me help you get out of that ayana I can still have gifts in my car for Ayana from Africa. And that was June 2021. We have to do something about that. Does she want some? (laughs) She won't go shopping for herself. I won't. I won't. I I will not. I love to give gifts. I love. I go shopping for myself every day. What you say, Michelle? Right now, did this stuff just appear in your room? Like, where you get it from? Uh, her husband and her mom. Her husband and her mom. They got the earrings, and, and she has girl. a fly mama. Her mama dresses some, some things, like for an example, folks know that I love earrings. 
So they may go somewhere and say, oh, I, f- I saw some earrings that you love. But then I feel terrible because I hate my thing is I'm afraid to give gifts because I don't like to shop. And so a part of my personality is I want it to be so right that I'm afraid to get you a gift because what if you don't like it? So I don't like to give gifts because I'm afraid I turn into the seven year old. Like analysis paralysis. Did that happen? Maybe did that happen? Did you buy somebody something and they didn't like it? Or did someone give you something and you didn't like it? Yes, they did. They had. It was awful. And my family made a big deal out of it. And I was ashamed. They still talk about it. This woman (laughs) bought me something and I, in my child mouth, said something and was like, well, I don't like it. I don't like it because it wasn't real. It was a purse. But my mother, as a single mother, that's all I knew was Coach and Gucci and da 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 da. So I was just being honest, and everybody <laughs> laughed, and everybody has dogged me all the way up until adulthood about this story. So you know what? Maybe that's why I don't give gifts, Mimi. I never thought about it's that. The, it's childhood trauma, apparently. Thank you for unpacking that with us. See, well, I know when you show up, you're the gift. Because you oh, show up. See? Go ahead, Tori. You do. <laughs> you show I'm a gift giver. Spirit and your Ayana-ness. But I want to be able to give gifts. Like Crystal has a birthday coming up. And I have been thinking for two gift weeks. Gift How card. Do I, you can add it to my gift card. Uh, yeah, I'm a listen. I'm a gift card person. Sometimes people think that it's impersonal, but I think it's it gets the person what they That's like. Hard. Some things are so easy. Crystal told us we were complimenting her lashes. She gave us her lash lady's name. Yeah, gift card. Lady. Gift card to the go, lash lady. There you go, Michelle. Ayana, easy peasy. Got I'm it. So I'm excited. Easy. I can do something. Now, if that lady, if that woman would have known you when she gave you that little Kmart bag, yes. huh? would have known. <laughs> handing Ayana no bag from GC Murphy. But that's what but we're I, not doing. I, I, I love, love a good bag. I don't care where it's from. It could be from now, the I do store. love a good bag, it's but here's the thing. Oh, uh, Michelle. You did not want that more. It needs to be real. I'm the type of person that I want the person, like, as soon as I buy something, I'm like, here, I bought you something because I like making people happy, especially like the little things. Like, say, if, you know, I don't know, Michelle's like, you know, um, Palestine, you know, has this new wardrobe and I just, I don't know, but it's, you know, maybe a little expensive, but I know there's something that she likes. And so I would never say anything to her. It would just show up at her door, you know? So I like doing stuff like that. So I am that way to the point where I have given my husband gifts before Father's Day or his birthday because I was so excited. Like, listen, when I give someone a gift, if I go to a baby shower or bridal shower, my single goal is to have the best gift in a room, period. Me oh, too. Me, me. Go ahead, Mimi. I'm it's definitely It's almost like a high, and I'm really, really good at it in a well-crafted card. Mm-hmm. So I have Y'all given all invited to my birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right I am the same exact way. My friends hate it. They're like, why do you always have to go over the top? Because I like yeah. making people happy. I problem solve for work all day long. And to know that, you know, whether or not it's a shoe, a book, whether or not it's, you know, Starbucks mm-hmm. or something that they saw online. It could be something from Amazon. I don't, you know, anything. 
But when you just, it's the simple touches of that make people happy. I don't I know. That. I'm just that and person. I have friends like that. I'm not that person. I just want I to love it. Gift cards. Even my Christmas cards. I go all hard in the paint for a Christmas card. Speaking of making people happy, 2021 seems to be the most unique year yet for plastic surgery. Uh-huh. I got BBLs by the boatload. Well, so the question is, do you think this uptick in plastic surgery is a fleeting trend or here to stay? I think Absolutely here to stay. Here to stay. Yeah. here to stay because you all you have all of these social media images, social media faking, social media, oh, look at me. I was in the gym every day and I lost 40 <laughs> pounds and really you you flew to dr miami so here's my the, or the dr or the, or the DR. columbia I just met somebody who went to the dr and honey was snatched for the gods for five thousand dollars okay body was over come on with all caps so i mean for me i don't have any shame in plastic surgery the only thing that i would not get now i would love a breast lift okay I would love a mommy makeover, but the fact that these women get their buttocks done and can't sit buttocks. for like six to eight weeks—that's a freaking problem. On the plane and sit like this. Listen, I will walk around looking like Pancake Annie <laughs> before you have me not being able. The to recovery sit is brutal. The recovery, you can't yeah. sit. Like- but can you imagine being on a plane and somebody turn around with a butt behind your head mm-hmm. and facing you for <laughs> two and a half, five hours on a plane? When I turned 40, I decided that enough was enough. I got tired of playing around with my FUPA and I got lipo and I am oh. not ashamed of it. Am I ashamed yeah. of where I went and the problems that came with that? Absolutely. I was what? ready to oh, tear so where did you up. Southeast what? style. I declined to say I'm embarrassed. Oh, that's not dumb. They got a good point for me. The stomach is still partially flat. If I could stay away from the fried food, it'll remain flat. But let me just say, I have no shame. My husband was against it, but it was what I wanted to do. He would not give me a dime for it. Mr. Gift Given was not having no parts of that. So I had to pay for it on my own, but it was my 40th birthday gift to me. And I do not regret it. Mm-hmm. However, when I watch shows like K. Michelle, have you all been watching mm-hmm. K. Michelle? Mm-hmm. I need to watch when you that. see stuff like that, I have to get on my knees and say, thank you, God, that scary. I made it out because this stuff is real. Yeah. I've been thinking about it. But it's real danger. So I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I do think that there are a lot of bad reasons that people get it. Exactly. So if you go in thinking that this is weight loss surgery, if you go in thinking that this is going to get you a man, if you go in thinking that this is going to change your life, that's not a reason to go get it done. The reason exactly. should be more on the medical side. Oh, well, I've been working hard. I can't get rid of this flap. I can't get rid of this role. I can't get rid of this. It's part of your lifestyle change that you've already engaged in. But if it's like, oh, let me go out here and get this so I can, you know, bag a baller. No, or look like an IG model. <laughs> I just want to stop Michelle, I totally space. disagree. <laughs> I I 100% disagree. I love plastic surgery. I don't have any of my own. I I think women, I think anybody should get surgery for whatever reason they want. And a lot of times, like I'm just all for body modification, just in general, whether that be tattoos, piercings, 
or plastic surgery, Botox fillers, whatever you want to do, that's going to make you happy. Um, especially like, but no, what I'm saying is surgery. the reason I'm saying, if you, if you think that something is going to make you happy because of your external, you have to be happy on the inside okay. first. And you know that this is going to make you happier, but it's not going to like transform your life in a way that, that you have to do work along with it. People should do things. But I don't think you need to have a medical diagnosis to- No, or no, no, no. Medical diagnosis no, to go get a BBL. No, not at all. Go get that BBL, sis. And just- Well, when you do it, you got to do the work. Like I did it right. and then still didn't do the work. I did the work for a couple of months after I recovered, but I was not- I have to be honest and even still in 2022 I am not as consistent with making sure overall I am the healthiest version of myself so I feel like if you go and you drop that money sis you gotta know that you gotta keep it up unless you want to keep doing that over and over and I ain't never do never say never I'm not doing it again it was painful as hell okay it was mm. worse than childbirth yeah. to me right mm. But I think you have to be disciplined enough, which I am not yet. Not there. Jules knows this. We talk about this. I try. I try to this hard. <laughs> I got a. I got. I don't got the Peloton, but I got a Nordic track bike. I got a total gym in the basement. Ask me how many times have I got on it. So I think what I'm trying to say is I'm all for it, but please know that there is work that you have to put in to maintain it, or yeah. it will come back. Don't let them. Oh, it won't come back. My stomach is not as flat as it was when I got the lipo. Let's just be honest. But it's because I didn't do what I needed to do on my end. Right. Yeah, I think people shouldn't have unrealistic expectations, but I, I highly yeah. encourage that if you if you can afford it and you know and you're gonna put in the work to have like a really good recovery and yeah. understand yeah. that there is work to do after you come off the table because they're absolutely his and understand all of the risks that come with it, yeah. right? Like a lot of girls, even who just had BBLs, still like they have numbness, they still can't sit, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen to your body, you know, thereafter. But I've seen a lot of girls and they look damn good and I'm good. Like, if only I had the. Oh, don't worry, Jules. I'm coming back, honey. I'll be one of those girls to, you're talking about. I just want to get to the get point bike, that too. I don't have to wear Spanx. Okay. <laughs> if I can do that. Because you know what? Because the FUPA is driving me nuts. I'm like, the FUPA is serious, Jules. That's why I did it. I I'm about to be on somebody's table, honey. I've gotten consultation. I, I had a consultation before and got a quote. I was scared to just, I just wanted to see, like, I was at a really, like, I was 165 pounds. I sent in my pictures. I, you know, I just wanted to see like what my quote would be. And it was like 7,000 out the door for everything that I wanted, which was 360 lipo in a BBL and with hips. But you just never know what is you don't know what you're going to look like when you come off the table. And for real, like, I actually like my shape. I just don't want a FUPA. So like, I'm thinking maybe I just get 360 lipo and like my butt is kind of popping out now from the Stairmaster and these squats. And I'm just thinking if my stomach was flat, you know, but what like, about the people who keep getting obsessed with going back? Like a but young that's, lady that saying, But that's part of the problem is not necessarily that people are getting it because get it how you live it. It's the fact that you are leaving the United States of America mm -hmm. and you're going to other countries who have mm -hmm. less medical resources and expertise than are here because it's cheaper. So this girl that I grew up with, my age, mid-40s, her daughter did that last year and she died. 
and mm-hmm. her daughter was young. Um, she was kind of a big girl. She had been working out and stuff like that. And she went over there. She went by herself. Yeah. It was hell for was her so mom expensive. who had to then fly over there, fight with yeah. these people to figure out what the hell even happened to her yep. child who mm. was legally old enough to go. And there's no legal recourse because you're not in the United States, mm-hmm. you know, like. All of that. It was hard as hell. It was expensive as hell for them to get her body and bring it back. So I think the greatest issue is the fact that it's cheaper outside of the U.S. Which should be a red flag. Yeah, huge I red flag. Which should be a huge red yeah. flag. In the basement, there are people Columbia. going to basements and hotels, guys. Remember the young lady that worked with me? Oh, they were getting fix a flat put in their butts. And her all mother was right there when she died. Her mother went with her, and my this thing is was not worth it. Her boot, her butt is already three. She wanted to look like Nicki Minaj, sweet girl, but she her just butt is fake had, too. She had, I know, but she had image issues from the jump. She mm-hmm. wanted. Her butt was humongous, guys. I mean, three times bigger than what Nicki Minaj has, and it wasn't enough. So she went back again to this basement in what, Queens? And then wow. next thing you know, she's all over the news because she's died. And her mother is right there with her because her mother encouraged the behavior. And, and that's the wrong reasons. That's, that just goes back to what I was originally I'm saying. I'm back to Michelle. I need reasons. to know who I'm going to sue if something happened. And, but oh, also, she went to somebody in a basement that once she started breathing, ran out. And left mm-hmm. her and her mother there with her dead body. That's horrible. In, in New York. Y'all Speaking, remember this? It was all over the news. I recall. Mm. Speaking of unsafe, <laughs> when the breakup ends messy and unsafe, mm-hmm. have you ever had a breakup go wrong and become unsafe? Now, of course, this comes on the heels of the Kanye, Kim Kardashian conversation. Elle gives us a a really, uh, I don't know what kind of article this is, but I pulled it. It's the the title of the article is Kanye West's uh, harassment of Kim Kardashian is not a joke. And so I thought that was a good article. I'm not sure if you all read it, but what are your thoughts? I, I'll go to I'll go to you, Crystal. I know you was gonna come to me. Um, so I have experienced um, a Kanye before in my life, and uh, it is not pleasant. So I had to get a protective order, and it was a nightmare because what people thought was normal behavior. Oh, he just wants you back, or he's he wants your attention. He loves you, you know, give him another chance became a nightmare. Um, And it was to the point where I felt unsafe that I couldn't even go eat at a restaurant or go out with my friends or just, I just felt like every, everywhere I went, I had to kind of like look over my shoulder. Um, And I got to the point where I had to say like, enough is enough. Like, this is not funny. He's not trying to get me back. This is not healthy. You know, um, and to the point where I couldn't sleep at night because I was having dreams about things that he had done and said Um, he had planted things in my vehicle. Um, He had I mean, just multiple things. So what kind of things in your car, like a tracker, um, like a tracker to figure out where I was, um, what have people show up or he would show up. And, you know, the whole thing, like I get it. You know, it's public. Kanye. But when someone's being tormented publicly, um, and this was for me, it wasn't even on Instagram and Facebook, but not like how Kanye is. I can't imagine if I even had kids, you know, she's a mother and her children, I'm sure, is a, they're able to read this. It's not cute. It's not funny. 
It's not, oh, he loves her so much and he's just expressing himself. But there are women and I'm sure men, because I'm sure there's some crazy women. I got some crazy female friends who've done some crazy things to get men's attention, but this cannot be accepted and it cannot be on social media promoting it as though that this is love. Like, no, it's not, not. you know? Um, so for me, it hit home and like I, Ayana, I shared some things with her before about how it made me feel. It's never, it's nothing like being at, you know, your normal going to work and going to the grocery store, going to the mall and having to look and be uncomfortable or having to have like on speakerphone while you're walking just to make sure, you know, you're going to be alive. It's not okay. It's, it's horrible. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Yeah. And I dealt with that as a teenager too, with one that just was like physically and mentally abusive. And then even after he did everything you could think of under the sun, I finally escaped Oregon. I got to Atlanta and thought I had rid him, but forgot that there were so many people from Portland that went to Clark Atlanta that somebody, somebody told the man what dorm I was in. So one day, because my phone number has pretty much stayed the same for a long time, a number that I didn't recognize called my phone. I answer, who's sitting in the parking lot of my dorm in Atlanta? So Mm -hmm. when I say the stories are real and people are Mm -hmm. really crazy out here, they really are. One thing also, Tori, that Kim Kardashian, I think she's recently posted because I went through this too, where I was like, something is wrong. Like I was telling family members, friends, like something is wrong mentally like there's no way a a person who is mentally stable should act like this and I was like you know I felt unsafe I shared it with my family and friends and they were doing things that to me it resulted like bipolar schizophrenia just having a mental illness and it wasn't until I started speaking up that other people started noticing things like he would see things like have visuals of me doing things and I wasn't nowhere near him which is crazy and having these elusive you know he was like basically hallucinating. And now probably is on medicine. Um, Recently, I know that, you know, over the last couple of years, he has been diagnosed with mental illness. And it was scary. And it's like people always, especially in our community, African Americans, we always shy away from mental illness, like nothing's wrong with them. They're just this way. I'm like, no, like this is this is not like normal. Like nobody should be sending someone 55 text messages in less than a minute. Like that's just not normal behavior. And when you see something, say something, you know, whether that's a family member, it's a friend. Yes. I think a lot of times, you know, women are afraid because you're like, I don't want somebody to think, you know, I'm making false accusations, but I have to start pinpointing out and making things more visual for people to start seeing to believe me. And that was probably yeah. the hardest. There's so many people who still support him and support his behavior. Do you About know his new album saying, is going to be $200 because he's not going to release it on yeah. any platforms? Uh-huh. And, uh, but how many? But you have people doing that. So it's many not people helping. go out and buy it too. But Listen even even his other celebrity friends who appear in any other manner to have common sense are just like, oh, he wants his family back. You mean mm-hmm. the family that he quit he because they paint a picture like he was and the he one who quit her girlfriend. and he had a whole girlfriend. And then when she did it, now you want your family back, sir. You got rid of the family. You yep. told the world that you did not want your daughter. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got rid of your family and then you bought a fucking house across the street from my home in the yeah, name of I want to be selfish. close to my kids. My dude, you could be close to your kids 10 miles down the road, 20 Absolutely. miles down the road across the street. That's crazy. So he had oh, this yeah. Netflix uh, documentary and I watched it the other day just to see like, OK, 
is there any signs when he was younger? And it was like almost, you know, people may say, and my brother gets me on about this all the time. My brother's a musician and he always says, creatives are different, Crystal. I'm like, yeah, creatives no. are different, but creatives have a different type of creativity and that they're in their zone and they're in their mood, but there comes a point where it crosses the line. And I'm like, he's creative, yes. Nobody's taking that his gift away from mm -hmm. him. But there's also some red flags here that dealt with, if you watch that documentary, you will see like, okay, something was wrong, you know? Really? Even in, back then? Because a lot yes, of people yes. seem to think it took a turn so when his mother passed. Oh, so no, you're no, no, saying no, 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 no way no. before that. I, no, before, I think it, it escalated. So I, I, had, watched it. Yes. I, I had no plans of watching it. My husband watched it just today. So I saw some of it and he was like, he debated. My husband is anti Kanye. He, he don't even as much, as many sneakers as he and I buy, it ain't no <laughs> need. Um, so he was like, he debated on if he was going to watch it and then mm -hmm. he watched it. Right. So the piece that I saw today is old Kanye. I don't even think he had his braces yet. Mm. The interviewer asked Kanye one question, mm -hmm. one single question. I think that man talked for like 10 minutes straight. It and was a like, rant of things. Yeah, it like, is word vomit. They're not, they're not like cohesive thoughts. It's not a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's just wow. constant babble mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Moving. And then you have money. So then you place people in your life who are just going to say yes and do what you want. Mm -hmm. And when they don't, you get rid of them. And then he's like, oh, well, people just want to say I am crazy. Well, you are mentally unstable. Mm -hmm. You actually are. And if you wanted your family you would do things differently, but he has, what was it the other day? It was 16 Instagram posts about Pete Davidson. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. he said, he wanted everyone to believe this man had AIDS. Like, and then he denied saying it. It's and a lot of roses on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And he posted some SNL clip and was like, and the clip that he posted is years old before Pete and Kanye yeah. even knew. He's a comedian, you know, he does comedy on SNL. And in the clip, he was like, I take my meds and Kanye should too. Kanye shared that as if this was a jab at him. And mm -hmm. it's like, he didn't know you or Kim at the time. And what kind of jab is it? If he's saying, I got some issues, so I take my meds. I recognize it in you and you should take your, like. I'm trying to spoil it, but there are some good scenes with the mother. So you can tell that, you know, that there was presence with the mom and presence of the triggers and the stability and his mindset. It's all in the documentary. I think you guys should watch it. I watched it watch for it several tonight. I definitely plan on watching it. Um, I think to back it up a little bit to generalize breakups as a whole, right? I think when people go through a breakup, it's extremely traumatic, right? Whether or not your partner, you know, if you guys both agree to it or, you know, one person wants it and the other doesn't, right? I mean, we even, we've seen a lot of different celebrity breakups play out. Um, and there's a, there's a grieving period. There's a mourning period. There's a, a period of being angry. And then there's, you finally get to that period of just like acceptance. And I think it's really important that, you know, as you go along, there is some mental instability because it's such a, such a trauma. Right. Um, and so that's not to excuse anyone's behavior, but there is a unhealthy part of a breakup in terms of your communication style. Like you may be blowing up that person's phone, you know, pulling up to their house. Like you will mentally do things that you may not thought you've ever do in your, your normal state. Right. But I think when we talk about people who do have like really severe mental health breaks, right? Like Kanye West, um, for example, Kanye West is not well. 
we know that he's not well, which makes him ultimately that much more unsafe because he's not being responsible with his mental wellness. Um, and I, I think someone brought it up, Michelle brought it up about what what level of responsibility does do social media outlets have in terms of protecting, you know, people from this, you know, verbal abuse, this violence, right? Because at this point, Kanye West is being violent and he's being just extremely, you know, disruptive and he's attacking Kim Kardashian and whether or not, you know, she's a celebrity or not. I honestly feel that, you know, social media has to begin to take a look at their level of responsibility, what their compliance says and, re- and address their policies. Like we have because social media is here it's here to stay we have to have some type of oversight even though there is freedom of speech but when freedom of speech is like hurting and attacking other people and making someone feel unsafe it's important for those outlets to be held accountable on what they allow to be published and let's not forget they hear everything because the moment i went to the doctor baby when i tell you today i have every single Add on walking, yeah. <laughs> workout clothes. Yeah. So yeah. they're listening. They hear. Yeah. They're seeing. So you're absolutely right. There is there is a level of responsibility that it that he's using their platform. That's no different than Trump and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and and he's, and he's, and he's in he's denial. Ban- and he's permanently banned. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely. such a good point. But it like, took a long it take a while. time. It took a while. It took it took yeah. over a year because they did not have they didn't have a policy. And they don't have an outside group. They don't have an outside entity to run compliance on them, which is why Congress is continuing to sit down and have these talks about oversight. And they're like, listen, Facebook or Meta, like, how are you guys going to, how are we going to check if you are doing the right thing? Like you Mm -hmm. need someone outside of your entity to say whether or not holding you accountable. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so all of these platforms, I think, have to have some type of level of oversight. I think, you know, Michelle, you hit it right on the nose with that. And Mimi brought up a really strong point um, in the fact that his celeb in, in him being a celebrity and both of them being a celebrity, these platforms are thriving off of mm-hmm. this. And they're doing less because they're getting more traction. And it, mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, my heart goes out to Kim Kardashian. I mean, we think, you know, she's rich. She has all these resources to be protected, but she's also a mom and a mom yep. of four. And this is like the last thing that she wants to go through with her ex. You know, she's looking to move on. I think, you know, I don't know for sure, but the narrative that I'm playing in my mind is that she's probably been trying to get out of this relationship for a long time. So I don't think this thing happened overnight. So we wish Kanye well, and we wish him, you know, great mental wellness, but it's, um, I think it's unsafe for her. It is. And he's in the jewels. She recently posted. Well, the story was recently posted where she told him like, look, this is going too far. This is dangerous for me now. And it's dangerous for Pete. And if something happens to us, it's going to be your fault. Yeah. So what does he do? He shares the conversation of her asking. Yeah, like, I don't understand that. I mean, he's sick. And so at the end of the day, to me, yes, it is about their breakup, but I think it takes it to a whole different level um, when you're dealing with mental health. And I think that, hence the reason why I sent that other article to really capture just where we are as Black folks with Mm -hmm. mental health. I mean, we're at a 
all-time high with mental illness, with suicide. God knows, I, you know, I would not wish this on anybody, but he's sick. And so I would not be surprised to wake up tomorrow <laughs> hearing that he didn't did something because he is sick. And yeah. so my thing is, how do we deal with people that are sick? Do we continue to give them this kind of platform as if we are egging them on? There's so many people that I know that, yeah, they're creatives and I get it because I'm a creative, mm-hmm. but that does not dismiss Doesn't the fact give you a that pass. it does not <laughs> no, give you a I pass mean- that you have no, no responsibility, self-responsibility or accountability gotta, or accountability. Right. You still yeah. have to go and get help. You still need to be talking to someone regularly because truth of the matter is, and I think we talked about this on another episode, because you are so creative, what do you do with all of those different things that are happening, the different ideas, the different stories? You got to do something with that at the end of the day, because when they come, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, what do I do with all of this? You got to put that somewhere. And so at the end of the day, I hold the people that are close to him responsible. Yeah. I hold, uh, and, and that's not just a Kanye thing. That's anybody that right. is in your space that is dealing with mental illness. And yes, we cannot make anybody do anything, but the job of those that are around him is to consistently point him in the direction to help. Or to not not tolerate it. Like you can't make somebody, but you can set up your own boundaries. If your friend is being toxic and you don't want to endure that, you need to remove yourself from that person. If enough people remove themselves, then you don't have an audience for this show that you continue to put on. Especially but he's always going to have the audience on Instagram. He right. does. And, and that's, that's the other the part, especially as a celebrity, you have a greater level of responsibility. There are so many times where celebrities have had to come online and tell their fans to cut it out. The beehive will stalk you and show up at your goddamn door <laughs> over the littlest thing. Taylor Swift, like mm-hmm. there have been so many instances. Also, Kanye terrorized the hell out of that child. And yes. he wasn't even sleeping with her. He has yes, no he boundaries. Nobody is off limits. And 50 Cent, um, I believe he got some mental health issues. I refuse to believe that you were fully sane and have your wits <laughs> about you and you act the way you do and treat people the way you do. We, Ayana and I talked about this media. a couple of weeks ago. Well, two weeks ago, um, we, we went out, but we were talking about how our community, the Black community, we're not advocates for mental health. We actually um, do not teach or share or implement anything regarding mental health. And you see a lot of other cultures where little Bobby and Sarah, they in therapy at five years old saying, my mommy made me mad because she made me eat my vegetables. Whereas in the Black community, we're not going to therapy until we're older and we're dealing with childhood childhood trauma and it's starting to come out in our relationships and then they asking us about medicine. We're like, I ain't getting on no medicine. You know, so it's just like, you know, Ayana and I talked about it. I was like, why is that? You know, why in the African-American community do we shy away from going to therapy or reaching out or saying, you know, these voices are in my head and these voices are saying X, Y, and Z. So especially black men, especially the men. We're not there yet, but it is 
better it's than going to get better. It's better. Yes. yes. And I will say this, that is years of trauma, years of denial, years of refusal. Um, that goes back to ancestry of yes. why we were even denied. We were not thought of as human beings to uh-huh. even receive, to even receive the evaluation because we were objects. And so who are we to even have feelings to even be evaluated? And Mm. so it was denied and pushed aside and overlooked. And so here we are, we don't even believe that it's open for us. Mm -hmm. And so that, that is years of denial, refusal, just, Mm. just totally looked over because white folks thought that we were objects. Right. And so here we are in 2022 saying, oh, that is open to us. I can check this Very out delighted. without my whole family thinking that I'm nutso. Oh, okay. Can I use my insurance? To pay I can for use it? my insurance. Oh, I have no, insurance you can for mental health. I talked to a friend about therapy and you know what she told me? She had to go as a teenager and seek therapy on her own because her family was so religious that all they wanted to do was pray it out. Mm -hmm. All they wanted to do was talk about, just read the Bible. When we go to church, we'll pray about it. We don't do therapy. God is our therapist. So she went around the parents without Mm -hmm. them knowing and and sought therapy. And she had the same therapist to this day in her 40s that she had as a teenager because the family and the church were so religious that even the church felt like if God couldn't do it, what is a therapist going to do? That's a bad way to look at things. It's just just not a good way. It it is sad. Even if you don't get to a point of like, maybe I need to go seek therapy one-on-one, but I think it's also important for us to recognize and acknowledge that sometimes it's just as small as asking for help or asking for support. And we often will struggle a lot in silence and in full transparency. Like I've had to pull back a lot this month. Like I canceled um, my other podcast twice for two, you know, two weeks in a row because I just didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And rather Mm -hmm. than having to show up, and put this mask on and pretend that everything was okay. I thought it was important to acknowledge the feelings that were coming up for me and say, you know what? I don't feel good. And I don't want to pretend that it doesn't feel good. And in fact, I'm going to let my circle know, Hey, Jules Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And I, it's not necessarily that I can identify with this, or maybe that I even want to talk about it or, you know, but I need to recognize that these feelings are coming up for me. And rather than just pretending like, oh, it's good. You can send me this. You can send me that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's to the point where like, I was like, hey, um, I know I'm at work, but I, need, going I, home. I need to go home because <laughs> this doesn't feel good. What's inside what's happening for mm-hmm. me. And until I can figure out what this trauma is, what this pain, what this feeling is. I don't want to pretend that I just feel good. And so mm-hmm. I think even if we don't have a therapist or a That's professional, right. mm-hmm. if you don't feel good, do something to help you feel good or reach out like when in the moments I mean I I felt so bad I called my mom and I was like mom (laughs) you know and then I was like Laura why I call my mom and now this lady (laughs) gonna call me every day but I mean it's just important that we reach out to people you know if you have that prayer warrior right you Mm -hmm. got that friend who will just pray so deep for you to help bring out those feelings or if it's a song or a video or you know like going back to work out like whatever it is that's going to start getting those endorphins back up to change the chemicals in your brain and those receptors in your brain to start feeling good. Like Google some shit, you know what I'm saying? Look some shit up to make you start feeling better and, Mm -hmm. and don't tap into the marijuana. 
Don't tap into alcohol. That's Don't right. Add these toxins back mm-hmm. into you're your taking, body. They're coping mechanisms. Yeah. Come on. Guys. Yeah. Listen, Listen, I am an advocate for therapy. My mom is like, I told Ayana before how my mom is such an advocate for therapy based upon her childhood. And she has, you know, even now, you know, acts and works as a clinical psychologist and um, born and raised in the church. Father's a pastor. I'm a minister. And it was like Tori was saying, like we were kind of raised, you know, my father's side of the family, they're like therapy, something wrong with you. But my mom's side of the family, she had so much trauma in her family that it forced her to want to go into this field to be an advocate to help Black women, Black men, the Black community, anybody. But it is true because you're just like, well, Jesus is going to deliver you. He, he's going to pray. You know, we're going to pray. We're going to get at the altar. But it's just like, but I still feel bad. You know what I'm saying? Right. I still have these emotions. I'm still battling depression. I don't understand, you know. And there is. God always say God created doctors. Therapists are, you know, our doctors, yep. mental doctors. And it's okay. And I try to, you know, make people feel comfortable about my therapy sessions and moments to say like, I love my therapist. Sometimes I don't want to expose myself to my friends and my, I can expose the real raw me to my therapist. I love and that. She's going to look and love yeah. me the same way rather than our friends are maybe like, oh, I'm sorry, girl. You know, that's that such a good may point. not be what we that's need. A good point, so I never thought about that, but it, that, that's such a good point. It like, is. It's and like a my super friend safe feels space. that. Mm-hmm. She feels that she has a person that is non-judgmental, yep. unbiased, right? That's not going to be preachy, preachy, although we mm-hmm. love our Christianity and our church folk. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But she loves the fact that this lady has been in her life since she was a teenager. And she has a tried and true person that she can call and that will tell her, you know, you messed up, right? And mm-hmm. you know why I think as, as a Christian woman, um, raised in the church, I believe that there's room for both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's yeah, room yeah. for spirituality yeah. and there's mm-hmm. room for the side that is clinical. And yeah. Yeah. I just believe that. And there are moments that I feel like I can pray myself through. And there are moments that I'm saying, oh, this is beyond that. I need to talk to my therapist about this because there's something that's in me that's happening that this is five-year-old Ayana. This is not pray it away. This is something that has daddy attached to it. And I need to get centered. I need somebody to help me draw this out because this is coming from somewhere. And so I think that knowing, knowing that there is a balance I think is very important because us as Christians has have really kind of it's really borderline witchcraft, if you ask me. Um, That's good, Ayana. Mm. It's borderline witchcraft. I believe that whatever it takes to get you to that place where God wants you whole, that's mm-hmm. what you need to, that's the healthy way, should I say. That's I where you need to go. That's where you need to start. And if it means that your sister is going to help you get there, do that. If it means that a therapist is going to help you get there, if it means that the word of God is going to get you there, all of those things, do it. But whatever it is that's going to get you there and make you whole and you're healthy and you're your best self when you show up, that that's the route. And I don't think judging somebody how they get there is our place. I think it's really up to you and you as a woman knowing, okay, you know what? I've tried that. Now it's trying to try something else. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm advocating for. We're always changing. We're always dealing with new things as the seasons change. So so do our troubles. So do our challenges. But thankfully, we don't have to stay there. And so that's what I'm thankful about. 
thankful. Love that. <laughs> well, I was going to say that I think that the, the somebody, I think it was Crystal said, well, you're in therapy. Well, if somebody, the stigma is you're in therapy. Well, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. That's coming from the wrong premise in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you just need to have that neutral third party. Nothing's wrong, but you just want to talk through something that you don't <laughs> want to go to a family member with. Yeah. And so therapy doesn't mean that you are being diagnosed with some sort of mental illness or you're having right. a crisis. Mm-hmm. It's just a person that you're talking to that you have gone to for whatever you may be going through. And quiet as it's kept, people have friends that are really their therapists. And sometimes that's why your friend ain't answering the call because they don't feel like being your fr- your therapist that day for free. <laughs> so I'm going to always answer. <laughs> I will always answer. That's such a good point, Michelle. And I think sometimes like, you know, I'm good to answer my phone and I'm good to like sit on the phone, but oftentimes I'll find myself like, for instance, a young lady called me and she got me on the phone for like two hours. And this was our second time, like talking. Oh, wow. Just poured into me. And I think it's important It's because you have such a friendly disposition and a calming voice. Maybe that's (laughs) what it is. But but I always feel like, you know, there's that saying, like, you just never know who someone is. Right. And Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be the person to turn them away. And so while it was a lot to your point, I was like, oh, God, please don't call me anymore. But at the same time, it was, you know, you want to be sometimes you are just that, um, that impact, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. that empath. You're the person who's able to receive that type of information Mm -hmm. and give them a responsible kind of answer. Cause I'm quick to be like, okay, well, how did you show up? You know, Mm -hmm. my mom is like real big on like mental health talks and like talking you through and and saying, okay, so, but what's the worst thing that could happen? Okay. So now we're at the worst thing. And so what does that mean? Um, And so I always try to just like give a lot of grace and space for people and say, like, I know this is like how you feel in the moment, but take a deep breath. I'm also not very emotionally triggered. And I'm a person who likes to play offense rather than defense. And that's what you're talking about in terms of like going to the therapist. It's like, it's a preventive thing. I'm going Mm -hmm. to prevent a mental health breakdown. So the Mm -hmm. moment I am feeling sad or worried or anxious, or, you know, that my thoughts are just moving and I can't control my circumstances. I have somebody supportive that I can talk to that can give me real like clinical advice that knows me, that understands the, the players in my life to, you know, to put things together. It's like, well, you remember you had that thing with Tori, you know, in the last three weeks that we talked, do you think that's showing up in your relationship with Crystal, you know? Mm -hmm. And so being able to have somebody connected, I think that's hella important as well. Yes, I think it's important to also say, be present enough to understand where God has you on your walk. Because even though someone may be calling you twice and three times. That is your assignment in that moment mm-hmm. to guide her. And you may not think that you equip and that's what makes it humility mm-hmm. that you're totally pulling from God, whatever your higher power is, but don't negate that opportunity to really tap into where you are in that moment. We were talking about mental health. We were talking about having that support system. And I I, I think that's probably why I always answer the phone, always answer the phone is because I hate to think that that one time that somebody called me and they needed somebody 
that I wasn't available. Now I got to take the pressure off myself. That's yes, what I, I was going to gonna say. That's too much weight on you. But but I talk about that with my therapist. But here's the <laughs> thing: I still feel that those that are around me, like God forbid, if any of y'all call me at four o'clock in the morning, I promise you, I'm up. I mm-hmm. promise you, because I've created that space for us, that if you call me at four o'clock in the morning, I'm putting on tennis shoes. I'm on my way, Billy. I so, call, I, so I'm not a bad person because I'm not doing that. I no, 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 no. I, 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 I did not <laughs> say. Do not disturb. No, 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 no. I was very clear. I was very clear when I said understanding your assignment. That's mm-hmm. my assignment. That, that yeah. may not be yours, but who God has put me in this planet, me right now, that if that happened, I'm up. But I know yeah. that that's part of my assignment. It may not be yours, Michelle. And trust me, I'm that's not calling you at four o'clock. I need to figure it's it my out. assignment, um, Ayana. And I know it is. I mean, it happens with um, church and ministry. I'm that strong friend. But I also, Jewel says something also when knowing I'm not well or I'm, you know, battling something or I'm trying to balance work, you know, church, and then Crystal at the same time. And I'm that friend, you call me at 4 a.m., I'm answer. I was on the phone with somebody at 3 o'clock this morning who is going through something. They're like, I don't even understand why I'm feeling this way. And so God gives us the grace for the people who have to deal with that because Lord knows I had to be at work today. Understanding I- I'm right there with Ayana. I'm going to put my tennis shoes on and be going whatever we got to do. But God doesn't give grace to everybody to deal with that. You know, sometimes yeah, it may be, you know, that is special. And I, and it takes a special person to deal with people like that. But it also takes a special person to carry that assignment because you got to be strong. And it's, it's to important to know, it's important to know that it's not you. Mm, right. Because the people that it's not. <laughs> I don't want it to be me sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah. and then there's that. But you know, don't, I, I, don't fake I, I, it. Hours, I got you, but you know, because it, and it's never hours, you know. But Michelle, you hold a different mantle. What you do, yeah. I know I can't do. Right. So for somebody <laughs> to say after five o'clock I'm done, and you Esquire, oh, you deserve that, sis. Yes. Right. And that, <laughs> I, I amount of time and right research. Michelle, that you I, I think we could argue Michelle has seen people on their worst day. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so that alone. Oh, yeah, oh my. Oh my. You better help me out. What kind of lawyer are you, Michelle? <laughs> are y'all about to testify? She about to testify. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I got that Michelle Cobas back until Jesus Christ come back, period. So I would just want to say thank you to our sister squad, my sisters. I love you all so much. Uh, thank you all for coming tonight. You all are fabulous. Another night of amazing conversation. And so we'll do it again next month. We'll do it yeah. again next month. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, ladies. I love you all. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Sister Conversations with Ayana Blake. Be sure to subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast app and sign up to join our email list at www.sisterconversations.com. See you next week. And don't forget, bring a sister with you.